Work-life balance. If there's one thing that I get the most questions about from other entrepreneurs, it's this subject. I have five kids of my own uh, who right now range from 8 to 16, but I'm in business for 23 years, and so they've all grown up with me running a business. And sometimes I've done a pretty good job at caring well for them and the family, and other times I have been so obsessed with the business that I've not given anyone or anything else attention. So I know what it's like to mess this up pretty bad, and um, I don't want you to have to make the same mistakes. So on this episode, I'm going to do something special. Instead of doing an interview or um, uh, a teaching session, I'm actually going to share a chapter, an audio chapter, obviously, because you're listening to this on the podcast, from my book uh, called Building a Business at Last, same name as the podcast. And the title of the chapter is The Work-Life Blender. I walk through a lot of stories, ideas, and tips that I believe will help you build a business without being stressed out, worn out, ready to quit, and most importantly, without sacrificing your friends and family. So without any further ado, here's the chapter from Building a Business That Lasts called Work-Life Blender. I hope it's helpful. Working hard for something we don't care about is called stress. Working hard for something we love is called passion. Simon Sinek. Now that we've made it through part one, we've covered the fundamentals of starting a business that lasts. But as I mentioned in chapter one, starting isn't the hardest part. It's keeping it going that's most difficult. Having a solid foundation to start from is critical, but now, how do we grow it? That's what we're going to walk through in this section of the book. Starting with a subject near and dear to my heart and something I've heard dominate many thoughts and conversations, work-life balance, or as I like to call it, the work-life blender. A few years back, I had a new business owner asked to talk through a few issues that they were having, and I was happy to see if I could help. They started the conversation by saying that they thought starting a business would give them the freedom to spend more time with their family, but quickly realized it just gave them more opportunity to work. They were exhausted, overworked, underpaid, and definitely not living anything close to the entrepreneurial dream. Have you experienced something similar? Maybe in the first few years you were comfortable investing an insane amount of time in the business because you knew you were getting it started and starting was hard, but now you're beginning to ask the age-old question, how do I achieve work-life balance? Ah, work-life balance. It's like the magical unicorn that lives on a utopian island where it's always sunny. Feasts take place every night, the wine is the best in the world, and pigs fly. That's the subject that I'm asked about most often right after how have you consistently grown year over year. It comes up on almost every podcast episode we record of building a business that lasts because our culture craves this idea of work-life balance, that and hustle. Interestingly, the term itself wasn't introduced in the United States until the mid-80s after first being used in the UK in the late 70s. I'm a lover of technology, but something about that timeline of events leads me to believe that our appetites for all things tech may play a role in this feeling that we're out of balance. After all, it's easier than ever today to be connected 24-7 with our smartphone by our side. Think about this for a minute. Before emails, laptops, iPads, iPhones, it was much easier to disconnect from the rest of the world and focus on your family or yourself. With the constantly vibrating iPhone in your pocket, though, it's increasingly more difficult to separate what's important at the moment from what's begging for your attention constantly. Time Magazine reported in 2015 that Americans check their phones 8 billion times per day. That's 46 times per person. And if I'm being honest, I probably am double that. 
Basically, we're checking our phone all the time. I have five children, and I'd like to stay married to the same woman for my entire life. So learning how to handle all these elements of life together while growing a business is huge for me. For those of you with families, it's easy to look at a single entrepreneur and think, yeah, it's easy for them, but I've got a lot more going on. I feel ya. Having young children and making marriage a priority while also trying to grow a business can feel completely overwhelming sometimes. Leaving a crazy busy office day and walking into a home with five children winding down their day can feel like crazy town, even in ideal conditions. I wouldn't say I have it completely figured out, but I do have some ideas on the subject that I think will be helpful to you regardless of the stage of life you're in. Here's what I mean by work-life balance, and it's going to be different than what you've heard from most. Most often, this is the term used to separate the business of making money from the business of making life. Life broadly includes a spouse and significant other, children or other families, friends, hobbies, volunteerism, and other crazy things like sleeping. Here's the thing, though. Work-life balance is a myth. That's right. It's not a real thing. There can be harmony, but almost never total balance. This idea of needing to balance work and life has been invented because people are involved in a lot of work they don't enjoy. So what they really mean is that they're separating what they like from what they have to do. We're thinking about all this wrong as a culture. What our culture says is that work is something confined to the weekday grind, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, or 8 to 6, or 7 to 7, or whatever your work schedule may look like. On one side, you have those who believe that anyone who works fewer than 80 hours a week is a bum, and on the other side, you have those who believe that anyone who works more than 30 isn't enjoying life. In the early years, needing to balance was never a concern for me, and it's not for most successful entrepreneurs, I know. We've often craved the next idea, the next project, and we're happy to work all hours of the night and then be back up early the next day to get back at it. This isn't a huge problem when you're young and single, but serious relationships in life that aren't directly related to business growth activities we're doing can start to strain and challenge that. Life was a lot different from a responsibility standpoint when I started Design Extensions at the age of 17, as you can imagine. I really just needed to keep decent grades in high school and not a whole lot more. Things started to get a bit more serious when I moved out and needed to pay my own bills in college, but still, needing to balance those responsibilities with relationships and other activities was never really a challenge for me. That changed a bit after getting married, and even before that, before I started seriously dating my soon-to-be wife. It's not as easy to build a great relationship with another person when you're buried in your laptop all the time, and this was before the iPhone, thank the Lord, or else I would have had to fight the work temptation then, too. One of the most difficult business-related things my wife has said to me on multiple occasions is that she has felt like that I'm here, but I'm not really present. Ouch. I had to learn how to get work done in less time than I had before. And once we started having children, wow, talk about a huge shift in how much time there was in the day and how much sleep we got too. As of 2018, I have a team of 12 people who work at the agency, five children ranging from 5 to 13, and a wife I care about more than anything else. So how do I balance it all? Well, some days it feels like I don't. It's easy to jump from one fire to the next at the office only to be greeted by a sick kid who's been up all night at home and then rinse and repeat the next day. It can feel like life is just a crazy hamster wheel. Here's the thing, though. Life is not a balanced scale. It's more like a blender, 
Some days, weeks, years, our work-life smoothie, if you will, need more spinach and a little less fruit. In some seasons of life, it's the other way around. The ingredients of life are the things you are focused on. What's on your calendar? What are you spending money on? Who are you spending time with? These are the ingredients of your life. Not your work life, your whole life. This can and should change on a daily basis, depending on where we are in our journey of life and what matters most at the time. What I mean by this is that there are seasons of life that may involve a lot of late nights of work and others that involve a lot more family time and leisure. Having people around you to keep you accountable in different areas of life is critical to knowing the next ingredient that needs to go into your life blender. When writing this book, I also started a new podcast decided to take a seminary class while also entering the holiday season. Maybe not my smartest move. While writing this chapter of the work-life blender, I'm feeling a little bit imbalanced myself, if I'm being honest. But the first step is that I see it, and I'm going to put these things in place to adjust it. Instead of doing the podcast weekly, starting in the new year, I'm going to change that to monthly, which we then actually changed to bi-weekly. Once I wrap up this seminary class, I'm going to hold off on taking more for a bit so I can focus on sharing the book, taking on some speaking opportunities, and being with family. These aren't decisions I came to my own, but after many conversations with my wife, friends, and my team at work. Thinking about these realities makes me wonder, what if we could have our cake and eat it too when it comes to work-life balance? I think we can. One of the biggest problems with the traditional idea of balance is that life is almost never 50-50. Newton's third law says that every action there must be an equal and opposite reaction. But relationships in business aren't quite that clear-cut. Marriage isn't 50-50. That's a whole separate book. Parenting isn't either. And business certainly isn't 50-50. It's a blender. Everything blends together. Communication is key. On Sunday evenings, my wife and I take a minute to look at our schedules for the week and get a gauge of how things are looking. Last night, I told her I was a little behind on work. I needed to do this book, and she said, we don't have anything going on tomorrow, so why don't you just stay late at the office and catch up? That plan and communication ahead of time allowed an out-of-balance day to be something that could still work. If I had instead waited until 6 p.m. that evening to tell her that I needed to stay late at the office to work on the book, that probably wouldn't have gone down very well. So take the time to plan and communicate what you need in the blender each week to achieve the desired outcome. What most people mean when they say they need more work-life balance is just that they need a better plan. Often, it's not a matter of working all the time. It's a lack of intentional planned work or a lack of intentional planned recreation that creates the feeling that they're out of control. After all, control is often what most of us are really longing for, not balance. Control comes through planning well and executing against the plan. Let me give you an example. After being in business for over a decade, I slowly started to realize that I had never really taken more than a day away from something work-related since my teenage years. That seemed normal because that's all I had ever done, but it wasn't normal for family life. Was I workaholic? Maybe, but I was only starting to realize that I needed to plan better to adjust the ingredients in my life blender. That year, I set a goal to do whatever was needed to allow me to totally disconnect from work for a solid week. This is a tall order when you're the only person running an internet business for 10 years. But this meant that I could have undistracted time with my wife and, at the time, our two small boys. I started to adjust my team structure, technology, and other solutions at the business so I could take this disconnected time. This doesn't come overnight. 
I started to think through areas of the business that needed a backup plan, system, or person while I was away. I outlined those things and started to put plans in place to take care of them. For example, we host websites for many clients. If one of the servers went down, how would that be communicated to the client? I had to set up a system with the host and other team members to ensure that I wasn't the only one on that communication path. It took months of working towards the goal, but I did it. I took a whole week off without needing to connect to work. For me, this was a huge accomplishment, and it was worth a lot more than even making more money would have been. But it required planning, communication, and execution of a plan to change the mix of my blender. Since that time, I've taken overseas family trips for multiple weeks with little to no communication with the office. Such trips aren't a must for everyone, but for this season of life that I was in, it was what my wife and I had decided we wanted to do. When it comes to work-life balance, you need to give yourself permission to be unbalanced. Let me say that again. When it comes to work-life balance, you need to give yourself permission to be unbalanced. I've had seasons of life where I worked 100 hours a week and others where I spent leisurely days by the pool and put in less than 20 hours for multiple weeks in a row. All the while, the company continued to grow. In spite of those seasons of spending fewer hours on it, it still grew. Sometimes, working in the extremes gives us a perspective that balance could never provide. So what's life for you in this season? Maybe it's the wall-to-wall hustle that creatives like Gary Vaynerchuk talk about. Or maybe it's the four-hour work week coined by the famous author and life hacker Tim Ferriss. Or maybe it's a mix of the two. The bottom line is that it's your life, and you don't need to feel guilty because someone else is telling you it's out of balance. If you feel a tug in a certain direction, like I did when I wanted to spend at least a week disconnected from work, start to communicate that to people in your life and take steps towards that change. Remember that progress is better than perfection. Recently, I had the privilege of hearing several of the country's top speakers at one of Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership events. If you've not been to one of these, I highly recommend it. It's a multi-day event that's packed with actionable ideas and encouragement to help you grow a business. At the most recent Entree Leadership event, one of the speakers was Lou Holtz. For those of you who don't know, Lou is a well-known college football coach most famous for his years at Notre Dame. He's the only college football coach to lead six different programs to college football bowl games, and he's the only coach to have taken four different teams to top 20 rankings. With all that said, if I'm completely honest, Lou was actually one of the speakers I was least interested in hearing from. I'm just not a huge college football fan. I know, so un-American. And there were a lot of other business-focused leaders that I really wanted to hear from, or so I thought. Lou ended up being one of the crowd favorites and mine. In fact, when he was done, the audience full of business owners and leaders from around the country would not stop cheering. You would have thought it was a U2 concert and the crowd was asking for an encore. He got a standing ovation that required him to come back out on the stage and wave one last time. He was that good. During Lou's talks, one of the things that impressed me the most was that he had been married for 56 years and had four grown children who loved their family. I'm paraphrasing, but Lou said he totally rejected the idea that to be successful, you have to sacrifice family. It's easy to feel like successful business always comes at a high cost of sacrificed relationships. But I believe there's another way. I echo Lou's sentiments on this. It's hogwash that success in one area means failure in another. 
You can build a business that lasts without sacrificing family. I know this to be true because I've seen countless of others do it and I have done it. When I started design extensions, I was just a kid in high school. Now I've been a husband for over 15 years and I'm the father of five children. Have I grown a company a little slower at times due to the season of life? Sure. But those constraints of family have only given me more purpose to be successful, not barriers to it. One of the six core values, we'll talk about more of that in chapter 12, at our company is family. Now and then you'll find someone who's solely focused on running a business, but most of the business owners I know have a lot of family reality happening too. Spouses, children, parents, in-laws, siblings, and on and on. It all affects the reality of running a business. But how do you build a business that lasts without affecting the family? That's a key aspect of the strategies and ideas we're focusing on in later chapters. This idea of business at all cost is a good way to run yourself into a ditch. There is story after story in the entrepreneurial world of successful people ending up in deep depression or even ending their lives. Abandoning all life and pouring everything into business couldn't fill every void in their lives. Now, I'm not saying that you have to have a family, that it has to be one of your core values, or that you think like I do. But I am saying that the idea of business being the only thing that matters is often a misguided one. One of the phrases I despise the most is this, it's not personal, it's business. Because business is personal. It often is made up of 30, 40, 50, 60 plus hours per week of what we do. Of course it's personal. Business is just a bunch of people coming together to try and accomplish a specific purpose and make money along the way. Working with human beings requires understanding that everything is, in fact, personal. One of the most helpful things for me through the years has been getting a better understanding of personality profiles. Picture for a moment your most important client, or maybe a prospective client you've always wanted to have. It's hard for you to have an appointment with them because of their schedule, and you're finally at dinner or have a big meeting together. You have an opportunity to dig into deep conversation and insights that could provide the foundation of your business relationship for years to come. Now, imagine that your phone rings, or you get a text message, or someone pops their head in to interrupt your time with this very important person. What do you do? This is a rare chance for you to spend time with this person. Are you going to walk out of that meeting and risk losing their attention and focus? If this is the most important person that you can be in front of, are you willing to ignore them, even briefly, for someone else? Remember, you're with your most important client, and this time is rare. Would you walk out of that meeting to take a less important call? Would you? If you're being honest, you probably wouldn't. In fact, your phone probably wouldn't even be on the table. It's likely at least on silent, and if you're really, really smart, it's on airplane mode. Now let's take it one step further. Who is the most important person or people in your life? For those of us with families, the answer is obvious, my family. Or if we're talking to one of my five children, who I love more than anything, they would say, mommy. (laughs) I'd never risk my life for a client, but I would for my wife or our children in an instant. I've not promised my clients or prospects anything close to until death do we part. Thank goodness. But what if your family doesn't need you to die for them? What if they just need you to turn off the phone and close the laptop What if they just need you to treat them with the same respect you would your most important client? I should note that if anything, I'm preaching to myself here. I've run a business from home since I was a teenager. What started as just me became me plus my wife plus one plus another plus another. 
thinking that we were done after three boys. We then adopted two girls and ended up with five children. That's a whole separate book altogether. In all that time, I worked from home for over 16 years, in fact, before taking a step into building an office for our agency. I've always said that the best thing about working from home is that you never have to go to work, and the worst is that you never get to leave. I've often been guilty of being home without actually being there. Having a specific place to pull out the laptop or focus on the phone, even at work, can help everyone know that you're in work mode and when you're actually available. What really stands out to me is that if I were in a meeting with my most important client, I would not answer a call or text or email from another client. I'd give that customer my undivided attention, because that's what they deserve. Doesn't my family deserve the same? Doesn't yours? Of course they do. I'm all about building a business that lasts, but I'd like to do it without sacrificing family. And I believe that's possible, but not easy. The fact is, building a business can be stressful, and added stress only further complicates relationships at home. We have to be intentional about people as priorities, even when the pull to do business all the time can feel like a very powerful magnet. We can't say we care about our spouses and families only to then spend all of our time focused on business. So what are we going to do about it? Some people believe that if they don't answer a call right away or return every email as soon as it comes in, they won't be successful in business. That couldn't be further from the truth. In fact, many clients will actually respect you more for taking the time you need to focus on your family and taking the time to appropriately reply to their email instead of just a quick, instant response. After all, that means that when you're with your client, you're going to be focused on them. Because family is a core value for our business, the way we operate is different, and that might make most sense for most people. That means that we shut things down at 5 o'clock every day, and we go home and eat dinner with our families. We rarely work on weekends, and we have intentional events and activities that include both adults and kids outside of work. This might not work for everyone, but we've decided to proclaim that while business is important, family time is sacred. Don't read this and just think, I know I need to do something about it. Do something. Review the action steps below and find one or two you can focus on now. If you've not been good at taking time for family or you're often put business over them, take a minute to tell your wife, husband, and or kids that you're sorry and that you're going to be intentional about focusing time on them. Now, this isn't foolproof and nobody is perfect, but we can all take steps to show our families that they are important and they're more important than our most important client. Remember, life is not a balancing act. It's a blender and you get to decide what ingredients to put in and what the mix of your life is like in each season. Chapter six action steps. Number one, write down the top three priorities in your life. These could be related to family, friends, business, or spirituality. Now look at your calendar and your monthly spending. Do the things you spend the most time and money on reflect the top three priorities? Note that it's easy to say things like, all that time at work really is for my family, when it isn't 100% the case. Don't let yourself cheap out on this exercise with excuses. Own up to where you are and think about where you want to be. What changes need to be made to allow you to make a life a little bit more harmonious and lined up with your top priorities? Number two, if you work from home, have a designated space where work happens. Make it a corner desk or a full office, but whatever it is, when you work in that space, everyone knows that you're working. 
My wife often prefers I go to my office rather than working from the couch if there are a lot of other things going on. If you work from home, find a local coffee shop or even a lobby at a nice hotel to sit in and focus on work when you need to. Number three, schedule personal time. I don't mean just talk about it or think about it. Actually put it on your calendar. Block out specific time for lunch or dinner or other time at the park with your family. Guard it like you would any other important meeting. Number four, take time completely away from work. For years, I would, quote, take vacation, but never actually stop working. I'm just going to check my email real quick, would turn into hours of time on the screen. Because once I see it, I can't leave it alone. The truth is, there is no difference than Pavlov's dog when our phones beep and vibrate for us. Push notifications on your phone are, by design, created to pull you back into that device. This is extremely counterintuitive when you're trying to make intentional time away. These little things can make a big difference in your life. And when you're able to focus on people you're with, you're one step closer to building a business that lasts. 